up. Uh, I'm, I'm going to talk about uh, the Nova Scotia situation, but before I do, I'm going to put it in context. Maybe you've been touched, I hope not, any of you, uh, by losing somebody who was dear to you or losing a friend to COVID-19. Um, worse if it's a family member, or maybe you've just lost somebody because it was their time, and maybe because of the, the times we're in right now, you couldn't hold a funeral, you couldn't have a funeral, and the worst thing, and you've seen this a lot, is you couldn't even be there with the loved one who was leaving at their time of departure. You couldn't hold a hand. And this this tears my heart out when I see it depicted on uh, on the evening news. So now I, I put myself in a situation, and, and I uh, God prevent me from ever being in one and all of you as well, like the people in Nova Scotia who were left behind. 22 confirmed victims in this agent. We're not used to that at all in Canada. We don't. We think twenty-two shooting victims. That that can't be Canada. That's the United States. We have gun control. Yada yada yada. Didn't work that way. So twenty-two people are gone in Nova Scotia as a result of this shooting rampage, and they include a, a gifted police officer and a beloved teacher and a retired firefighter and many members of, of families, and, and maybe those are the ones that hurt the, the worst because police officers put themselves in harm's way. It doesn't mean they should die. It means they're more likely to than just the average Joe or Jane. Uh, but here we are, and, and all of the people who are left behind are left to mourn and they don't have any real outlet to mourn. They have to create them for themselves. So I thought we'd talk a little bit about that with somebody who knows something about it. That's Rebecca Shields. Rebecca is CEO of our Canadian Mental Health Association, York and South Simcoe Branch. Rebecca, hi. Hi. Good afternoon, Peter. Okay. Good afternoon to you. This is one of those subjects where I can't laugh and joke about it because there's absolutely nothing funny about it. Mourning, grieving is a really difficult thing to do. Nobody ever really learns or wants to learn how to do it properly in normal times. These times must be hideous. Yeah, you know, thanks for the question, Peter. And, you know, before I start, I just want to say, like, everyone like yourself, you know, I too am so saddened about the incident in Nova Scotia. And for anybody who's lost anybody to COVID or anything else, and my thoughts and prayers are with them. Uh, and all, all of us are impacted by this tragedy. And I think what we're really experiencing is grief on top of grief. And, and you know, some people have described, described this as like a gang of grief feelings. You know, we have grief from experiencing COVID, and now we have this other mourning and loss. And it's a lot to deal with, and we have to acknowledge it. And that's really the step one is, the first thing is, is we have to name it, that we are doing a lot of grieving, and then we have to give ourselves space to deal with that. Well, that's probably advice that you would give me under any circumstances had I lost a loved one. And, and it's advice, unfortunately, when you get to a certain age, it's an, a piece of advice you have to learn to take because we've all lost somebody, and, and in the future we'll lose other people. But in a time like this, where the advice is not just you have to learn to grieve, here, you're having to learn to grieve without the outlet, the gathering of community, people being together. Uh, if, if, if you're uh, of certain aspects of the Christian faith, you have a visitation, you go to a funeral home. In some cases, there's an open casket. You look uh, at, the, at the beloved one and uh, you say something nice about him or her to uh, the relatives who are, who are gathered around. If you're uh, of the Jewish background, you go and you sit shiva for a week and uh, that gives you a chance to commune in all of the faiths 
deaths. You go to a funeral where people gather together and a community leader or a, a spiritual leader um, says a eulogy or a family member does. We can't do any of that. Well, I think, Peter, you touched on it. You know, at times like this, what we're seeing is the incredible resiliency of humanity and, and the understanding that although grief is very personal, grieving is an act where we come together and share that grief and share those feelings in order to feel less alone and less lonely and less isolated. And so, you know, whether it's the, the great kitchen party that was held on socials on Facebook um, for those folks in Nova Scotia or the fact that people are burning up the phone lines and reaching out and recognizing the most important thing is for us to understand the very human need for all of us to share a connection and to hear each other's voices and to cry over the phone together and recognize that this is not going to stop the grieving process, but it's changing the grieving process. And the most important thing is for people to recognize that, they, that although they are distancing and they're socially isolated, that they can't be alone. And that feeling that they feel powerless, that they, is so important to them to understand that I need to reach out. I need to reach out to my family members or my friends. And, and if you're feeling even overwhelmed beyond that, to know that there's folks like the Canadian Mental Health Association and the distress centers and all the good people out there that are absolutely here to help and help you work through that, that nobody needs to be alone in a time of mourning. And whether you can come together online or on the phone, you can do rituals for yourself in the backyard so that you can follow the practices that are made for you. Most importantly, know that people are doing that together with you so that you feel less alone. And that's really the key in this is knowing that you're still going through a personal experience, but you're not alone in that personal experience. So the the concept of uh, getting together and or going to somebody's home, the the person who is closest to the deceased, uh, and uh, hugging them and and giving them a couple of kisses on both cheeks and maybe bringing some food. You can bring the food and you can leave it outside the door. You just you just have to forego the hugs and kisses, and and of necessity they have to be replaced by uh, an iPhone to iPhone or uh, or or a telephone call or whatever it happens to be that yeah. that puts you in the closest touch you can be, which is the human voice or the human uh, image. Yeah, and we understand that, you know, one of the things that's really challenging for a lot of people is that people live far and wide now. And so they can't get on a plane and come as they would and rush over. And so people are trying to find alternate ways of doing that, you know, whether they are um, doing online delivery in order to be able to send something, to send those meals, to utilize other services. Um, You know, people are amazingly creative. And they're amazingly resilient. And, and I'm seeing communities come together. And I think that is, although uh, a burden, it is the hope of all this, is that we're finding new ways to show each other how important and, and share our humanity. And, and that's where, you know, as we go through this grief, knowing that, you know, it's not a linear process and, and you know, the Kubler and Kessler five stages or six stages, as we get into that place of meeting and understanding that, from all this, we, have, we are showing our global humanity and how we connect. And so we're sending those flowers. Uh, we are delivering the food, even if we're not in the same city anymore. And we are reaching out and spending time on incredible, you know, video tools that, you know, even 10 years ago, should this have happened, we would never have the technology that we have today. What a privilege it is that we can get online in mass groups very quickly and be able to have those face-to-face conversations 
So in, Very, in many ways, it, we have a lot to be grateful for today that we wouldn't have had 15 years ago, that we can still reach out and do this for the people that we love. Indeed. Very valuable points that you've made, and I thank you so much for your time, Rebecca. Thank you.